Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's Fortinet Championship. We are back at it again. A brand new season, a clean slate. Let's go. If you are new, welcome. This hour is yours. This is your opportunity uh, to ask anything you want in the chat. I'll go through as many questions as possible. We can talk about players or ownership or matchups or bets or business or Seinfeld or the, I don't care what you want to talk about, uh, throw it in the chat. We'll get through as many as possible. This is brought to you by jock market. Uh, that is stock market DFS. They are, um, you know, I don't really partner with just anybody, right? I get a lot of offers. I, I turn a lot of them down. I look for good fits and, and jock market for me is a great fit because it's kind of the in-game strategy. It's completely different. Um, and they've made a lot of new updates. So, so join us tonight, 8, 15 PM Eastern time on, uh, right here, the Rick run good YouTube channel for the power hour. Um, we're giving away money and it's going to be an absolute blast. Let's get into some of these questions. Scott B says, welcome back, Rick. Thank you, Scott. Uh, love the content as always for the new season. Do you feel recent form is prevalent or is this the time to take flyers on players who are looking for a fresh start? So I, I kind of feel like, like this, and I'm going to pull up the cheat sheet. This is rickrungood.com to kind of illustrate the differences here. So we have some golfers that played throughout the entirety of the playoffs. Uh, and you'll see those golfers here, you know, John Rahm, the last three events, uh, Kevin Na, the last five events of the year. Uh, those golfers, I'm generally giving kind of the recent form momentum type of, of uh, a degree to, because I think that's fair. It's just been one week off. Uh, and one week would be natural in the form, you know, over the course of a regular season, you know, you take a week off, you get back at it. Uh, there are guys that we have not seen in much longer. Uh, Will Zalatoris did not play in the playoffs. So now it's been basically four weeks off. Um, some of these other guys, uh, you know, Steven Yeager is a bad example. Charles Howell the third, you know, we have not seen him. Is that right? Since the 3M open. I, I mean, there are guys that are um, just much further out from that. So what I'm kind of treating guys who have taken multiple weeks off is I'm kind of assuming they're going to get back to their baseline. Cameron Tringale is a really good example of this. Um, he was generally pretty good with the driver all year long until the final eight events or so. Now that he's had a couple of weeks to probably get right, I'm assuming he's getting back to his baseline. So a little bit of a hybrid approach, approach just with the way that the season uh, kind of rolls out. Dan says, let's go. Golf is back. So smash the like button. That's right. Can you do a deep dive on Molinax? Wow. Trey Molinax. Uh, feel like he could be a good course fit and coming off second at the corn Ferry. Well, let's take a peek. See, uh, Trey Molinax. Molinax. No, I don't even know if I have, let's see here. He in this field, I guess he is. Okay, so uh, let's see what we've got on Trey here. Has he not played? I'm going to have to pull up probably his Corn Fairy Tour stuff. So let me circle back on that. Actually, while, I'll do, while, while I'm doing that, uh, let's talk about Steven Yeager because uh, Steven Yeager to me is kind of a light version of Webb Simpson. I don't know if that's fair or wrong, but Yeager is um, 
on his on his tour, the Corn Ferry tour, and now he's making his his uh, I don't even know if this is his debut, but now he's a full time member. Um, he's like 113th in driving distance, but he's very accurate. And from T to green, he is much, much better. Or, or I'm sorry, from fairway through green, he is much, much better. So I kind of liken uh, a Steven Yeager to a Webb Simpson a little bit. Uh, here is Molinax's results here. So this is what we're talking about. Runner-up finish at the Corn Ferry Tour uh, at the at the final event. T16 at the Albertsons. He missed a lot of cuts coming down the stretch. I wish I had I wish I had more of the strokes gain metrics on him. Unfortunately, the the last kind of measured stuff that we had for Molinax was a while ago. I mean, this was this is years ago. He spent he spent basically the entirety of 2020 and 2021 on the Corn Ferry circuit. Uh, he's not a very good approach player. Let's look at his let's look at his metrics from the Corn Ferry. See if he's any better. And of course, they don't do the same. They don't do the same metrics on the Corn Ferry tour. Like they don't have strokes gained. He's he's long off the tee. He's very inaccurate. This this to me is not is not the combo. And he's 101st in greens and regulation. I don't I don't think that's the combo, Dan. Um, I, there are some questions about the course fit coming up, but I'll I'll talk about that. I think you'd rather be shorter and in the fairway than longer and not. Plus, he's not a good approach player. I'm not. I don't think I can get there. Um. So Kevin Nah for the win, says Tim. Uh, I have bet Kevin Nah to win, and and we can kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive here on Mr. Kevin Nah. And and you guys know this. I'm not. I'm not particularly a Kevin Nah fan, right? I don't love the reliance on the short game. Uh, what you cannot deny is the recent form. You know, four out of his last six starts have been top eights. He's been phenomenal for six or seven starts in a row. He is doing it despite losing strokes off the tee. The good news about, um, about this course, Silverado, the North course for Kevin Na is that it's a par 72 and it's less than 7,200 yards. Um, that plays into the hands of one Kevin Na. You know, if we actually load this up and I, I tweeted this out or actually I have a, um, I have a, a newsletter. It's called the run good rundown. I send it out every Wednesday morning. I included a stat like this where basically what I did is I, I took all the players in this field and I looked at par 72s that were 7,200 yards or shorter over the course uh, over the last uh, 11 years. And you'll start to see the names that pop up here. Of course, John Rahm, he's going to pop up basically no matter how you want to slice this Hideki Matsuyama number two, and then anybody with a sample size that big Kevin Na was number three, gaining about a stroke per round. So it shouldn't be all that much of a surprise to see that this is a pretty good setup for him. So yes, I did. I did indeed bet him to win. Oliver says, good day, Rick. Good day, Oliver. What other courses like Napa have tree-lined fairways? I remember accuracy being important last year due to the trees interfering on approach from the rough. So yeah, so here's the course key stats. This is a brand new tool for this season. I'm super stoked about it. It's a little bit easier to read and a little bit easier to consume. Um, the way that I envision Silverado is this is kind of an angles course, uh, angles and wedges, if, if, if you're asking me about it. So uh, you need to be likely in the correct side of the fairway. Um, the angle that you take in, especially with it being short, everybody hitting kind of same approach shots from 75 to 125 yards. It's, it's an angles kind of fairway, uh, wedge fest is the way that I kind of in, in envision this now other courses, um, you know, Hilton head obviously takes it to the extreme a little bit. I also think there are some, uh, interesting comps to like a, 
it's very, very different, but like a pebble beach, right? Northern California where, um, you know, you can get a lot of guys hitting from the same areas. That's what happens at Pebble. Pebble's like the shortest course on the PGA Tour. Uh, a lot of guys hit from the same exact area, no matter how how long they are off the tee. You get a lot of that here because of the dog leg situation. <clears throat> hey, Rick, got a meeting at three. <laughs> people work? <laughs> I, I'm always surprised at how many people show up for this at 3 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday, but I appreciate it. Uh, was hoping you would do a rundown on good wedge players. Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways we can do this. We could go to the Holy Grail. Um, we can go to stats and we can go to approach play and I can start clicking some buckets like, um, I don't know, approaches from what is this? 100 to 125 yards. And actually, hold on, let me, yeah, here's 100 to 125 yards. So this is everybody in the field. Uh, Tom Hoagie was number one last year. Russell Knox, Brant Snedeker, Roger Sloan, Jason Duffner. If you want to go a little bit, um, uh, let's go a little bit further than that. 125 to 150. It's Hideki, Nick Taylor, Kyle Stanley, Ches Reeve, and Cameron Percy. If you want to go a little bit shorter than that, 75 to 100, or actually, hold on, let me find the right. I think I want this one. Yeah, 75 to 100 yards. Uh, Willett, who I think showed up again for a second time. Snedeker's on this list. Tringale, Seifert, and JB Holmes as well. So there's your, your wedge players, or you could also go run... Um, you could go run a custom model, which I don't think I have up here. I can I can run one. And what I would do is, you know, split the buckets between, uh, you know, let's do like last. I probably want a lot of rounds for this. So like 50 rounds and then split, you know, you could do 33% on players from 175 or 75 to 100, 33 from 100 to 125, 34, I guess it would be from 125 to 150. And if we look at those players, uh, Hoagie's one, Duffner two. So, so the same names, but we've we've um, you know kind of made a hybrid wedge category here. Hoagie, Duffner, Matsuyama, Sloan, Doug Gim. Uh, the first expensive player shows up is Hideki. The second is is Webb Simpson. So there you go. Good day, Rick. Everyone is wishing me a good day. That is that is very kind. Thank you. Good day to you as well, uh, hybrid. Is this a good fit for Bomber, Birdie Maker, Taylor, Pendrith? I wish I had. I wish we had more um, data on Pendrith. I'm not sure how much I have here. Let me see what I can find on him really quickly. Um, I do like his upside, and I'm excited to see him this year. And every time I've kind of followed him, I've been I've been generally uh, impressed with his game. But I'm not sure how much data I even have on the guy. Let me clear my filters. Give me one second here. Probably have like a handful of rounds. I have 30 rounds on him. All right. That's what I've got. I've got 30 rounds on him. Um, like 16 of them were last year. I'll scroll up so you can see it. Yeah. I mean, he's very good off the tee, which is always encouraging to see. He's got two top 15 finishes in his last two PGA Tour starts. I wish I had more information on him. I do generally like the way he drives it. His approach play has been pretty sour amongst those measured rounds that we have, but I'm, I'm excited for the future of Pendrith. I'm not sure that this is the spot. Did you do a deep dive on Luke List? Uh, we can do one right now. So, Mr. Luke List. Um, 
Let's see what we've got going on. Obviously a very bad putter, and he has been for um, the entirety of his career, drives it really well. Uh, Now, that does not mean he drives it accurately, right? Because he's 173rd on tour, but he's eighth in driving distance, which is where he's gaining his strokes. Horrible, horrendous putter, no surprise there. Approach play's been better, right? He's gained strokes on approach in, wow, five, six, seven, eight, nine of his last 12 events. Uh, the unfortunate part is, and this is kind of a, a Kyle, it's he's um, a better version of Kyle Stanley. Kyle Stanley plays himself out of every single tournament because of, of him losing, losing strokes putting. And it doesn't matter when you gain a bunch of strokes off the tee or on approach, he can't really make up for it. Luke List is not, not there yet because he does have some ceiling weeks, T4, T5 at, at the John Deere and the Barbasol. I just think he's going to be this very volatile option. I don't think you're rostering or betting on Luke List because you think he's a safe play. Um, and you can see he's just, you know, hemorrhages strokes on the greens, as you can imagine. Who are the two best Corn Fairy Tour players this year or this week? Um, man, uh, I'm pretty partial to. So are we counting Mito Pereira? He came up mid summer. Uh, we won't count him. I, I do like Jaeger. I do like um, Taylor. I believe his name's Taylor Moore. I also like, um, hold on. Let me look, see if I can find the full looks. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, Mito. I mentioned Jaeger. I mentioned more. I mentioned there was somebody else though. Paul Barjohn. Out of uh, oh, Grayson Sig was the other guy that I was thinking of. Grayson Sig, $7,100 is probably those are probably your class of the corn fairy guys, and we'll kind of see we'll kind of see what they do and 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 see what their stats are once we start getting some strokes gain metrics on them. Hey, Rick, I'm in a one and done for just the 920 swing season. Does it make sense in this field to not waste time and just use ROM here? Um Yeah, it does. Because here's what I'm envisioning. In the swing season, you don't have any massive prize pools, right? Uh, You don't have anything that's like a WGC. You don't have anything that's a major championship or anything like that. So that's that's that eliminates kind of the need to save John Rom. Uh, you're also probably not going to get any situation where any player is three to one to win or three and a half to one to win in any other event. Like even when we go to Shriners, you know, like Cantlay and Nah, they're probably going to be there. You're probably going to get uh, one or two other guys, then you're going to get a lot of the middle guys like Ryan Palmer and you're going to get like, you know, those players. So, uh, yeah, if I was in a, a nine tournament swing season one and done, I'd probably be burning John Rom right now. Yes. Any interest in your boy Lonto Griffin? You know what? Let's, let's, let's look up Lonto. Um, because I haven't talked about him, uh, enough recently. And what I love about Lonto is he does have the two skills that in general make for a really hot player uh, approach and, and putting that's, that's upside when you start throwing darts and you start rolling rocks, rolling the rock, but look at these results. Um, One top 25 since the players that was in March, that was six months ago. Um, And it was literally a T 25 at, at rocket mortgage. I just, I don't see enough here. And the fact that he's losing pretty consistently uh, T to green, or at least more often than not, T to green, it's troublesome. Now, if we go with the if we go with the idea that he's going to get back to his baseline, um, so so like what is what is Lonto's baseline? His baseline is probably, let's see, uh, T to green, eighty seventh on tour and putting thirty fourth. So he's like his baseline's like the sixty fifth best player on tour. 
in this field, he's probably the baseline 19th best player on tour, something like that. I just, I can't get there. Not this week. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Me too. Oh, Harold Varner III uh, is in the chat. And he wants to know thoughts on Mito. Well, okay. So I, I I think I did this on the DFS preview. I've I've probably, uh, you know, put this in like my golf digest piece or something like that. Um, I'm a big fan of Mito because of this right here, the approach play. And since he came up, I'll just run it one more time so that we're all on the same page here. He came up uh, July 4th. So when he, when he came up July 4th, and if we go with ball striking and we just say everybody on tour, um, and you look for guys with a big sample size, Bryson's number one, Hovland, Berger, Thomas, Corey Connors, Paul Casey, Mito Pereira. Those are your ball strikers. So I, I think it is, um, I, I think he's really good. I think, I think he wins a lot. I know he wins a lot. And, um, yeah, I'm just a big fan. I'm very excited to see kind of the way it shakes out for him. This live chat is indeed brought to you by our friends over at Jock Market. Um, if you have not heard of Jock Market, it is it is stock market DFS. It is the ability to buy and sell shares of athletes, not just golfers. You can play on the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, all that good stuff as well um, for real money. And there is a, a free version. There are contests every single night um, where you can get in for free and win real cash. It is to me, the perfect kind of in-game compliment. So what happens right now, uh, from basically right now until uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight, you can bid on shares of golfers. And at nine o'clock, uh, if if you have if you know if you have the highest bid, those shares are allocated to you, and then and then the live trading portion of this starts. I've been keeping the data for this. So this is on RickRunGood.com. You can you can go check this out um, and and download it. You can do whatever you want with it. It's absolutely free. This is the the jock market data. So for example, Patrick Cantlay two Wednesdays ago was $7.06 a share. He got the full $25 payout uh, last week, which is $17.94 of profit per share. So it's a really cool game. And now you can short golfers, which means um, even if you don't, you can sell shares of golfers, even if you don't own any, right? So if you, if you see, um, you know, Cameron Tringale roll out to a, 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 you know, an early lead or he's, he's your 36 hole leader. You might want to short that and say, there's no way he's going to be able to hold on. So it's an awesome little format. Um, if you use the code Rick or you click this link here, that'll get you up to a $50 deposit bonus. It is the best uh, bonus available. And also tonight in the power hour, 8, 15 PM Eastern time, Rick run a good YouTube channel. We'll give away a hundred bucks. Um, so it should be fun. Let's see. Luke Lister, Hudson Swafford for a single entry. I'm probably partial to Hudson Swafford. Hey, Rick. Hope you're having a good day. Thank you. Everyone is very kind today. I appreciate that. I hope you are also having a very good day. Um, I was at the Corn Ferry Tour event. Cam Young won back in May and was really impressed. Do you think he's worth a dart throw this week? So there was a time where I only had uh, a few rounds on on. Cameron Young in the database, and I'm probably I'm I'm sure it's probably still that way. Um, where he was his PGA tour metrics were like off the chart. It was like he had like I had like three rounds on him or something like that. Um, but I, I think that he is a super high upside guy that is probably not getting the same amount of credit as 
Jaeger and um and and Grayson Sig and of course Will Zalatoris, who we've been talking about constantly, finally being a tour member. So I do think he's kind of a a low key guy to keep an eye on. Um, it's going to be weird. These guys are going to go through the new routine of being a full time member and all that stuff. Like it's it's going to be weird for a couple weeks. We even saw that with Mito Pereira, where his first week was not very good, and then he kind of starts to get into the routine and all that stuff. I think that's what we're going to see. So. Uh, if it's not this week, we're going to keep a, sh- a close eye on those guys for for Sanderson. Then they're going to get a break for Ryder Cup, right? And then there's going to be another event. So it's it. We're, let's we're going to keep a very close eye on those guys. Pivot off of not. I can't believe we're 20 minutes into this, and we. I don't even think I've shown the cheat sheet yet for like the the the, the projected ownership and all that stuff. Um, so I have not. At about 15%. Maybe I can zoom in so you can see this. 15% owned. Um, Rom 28%. You know, Rom withdrew, uh, listen very carefully, withdrew from the Pro-Am on Wednesday, uh, still in the tournament. Don't, don't, don't twist that into anything it doesn't need to be. Um, so I wonder if if John Rom will hover more around 25% instead of the 28 or even, you know, in single entries much higher than that. Uh, I still think he'll be very, very popular. So I'm not even sure you need to pivot off of Kevin Na. If you were to pivot off of Kevin Na, I would not mind... Um, I wouldn't mind Tringale, who I, I kind of mentioned. He's kind of a quick starter, too. I think he's going to get back to his baseline a little bit. He's 9,700, or even like Sebastian Munoz at, at 92. But again, I'm not sure you need to pivot uh, off of Kevin Na at the moment. Good day, Rick. This is so sweet. You guys are awesome. I've heard nothing on Snedeker and Kim all week. Anything there? Well, I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about Siwoo Kim. I have gotten Siwoo wrong um, I'm not sure I've ever gotten Siwoo right. So I, I, he's, he's my blind spot. I find it very difficult. I don't specifically think Siwoo is a great play. I think he's kind of a lukewarm play. And then Snedeker, um, I think Snedeker's a little bit more interesting because, and he has not been very good, right? Like, let's be, let's be real. Snedeker has not had a, a great run. Um, but he's had success here and, He's had not only is he not only does he have good course history, but he also has good course fit. And remember, these are two different things. So uh having good course, you can have good course history without being a good fit for it, and 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 vice versa. Snedeker kind of has both. When I was rattling off those uh those wedge players, uh whose name showed up constantly, it was it was it was Snedeker's. You know, he's second from 50 to 125 yards, he's eighth from 100 to 125. We know the putter can get hot. He's more accurate than he is long off the tee. So if there was ever a place to play Brant, I believe it is here or Wyndham, obviously. But like, I, I think this is probably one of the better spots. Evan says, I've spent exactly zero time looking at this tournament. Three best guys to bet. Well, lucky for you, Evan, I've spent more than zero seconds. Um, so I, I will tell you, I've bet Kevin Na, uh, 22, I believe is the number I got on him. But I'm generally living... 50 to one and longer. Uh, there was a question. I don't know what happened to it. I might've passed it or I don't know, but like there was a question kind of about chaos and, and, and what you're, what I'm embracing. And and to me, this is very much like week one of the NFL. Um, there's a lot, we don't know about these guys. There's guys who've taken a lot of time off. There's guys who have probably played a lot, but we haven't seen it. So we don't really know the state of anybody's game as much as we do when we're in the middle of the summer. So I, I think this is a chaos week. Uh, so, so someone like, uh, so I, I bet Kevin Na, but kind of the, the, the fifties and deeper, like Pat Perez, 
Like, I have no problem betting uh, Pat Perez. I have no problem betting Pat and Kazire or even Hudson Swafford. Some of these guys are very, very long on the odds board. Um, even Ches Reeve. I don't know what Reeve's number is. 40 or 50 maybe. I don't know if it's that deep. Like, I don't have a problem with that. What I'm kind of looking for is good fits and, and guys that we have seen win golf tournaments. Um, there's not a whole lot of them, but that's kind of where I'm going. Ethan says, hey, Rick, I found myself liking coach's favorite Sepp Straka this week and wanted to get your thoughts on prop bets, top 10s, top 20s, or anything else. Let's do a deep dive on Straka. And while I pull it up here, um, if you're betting an outright that is not named John Rahm, I think you've got to be backing it up with probably a top five. Uh, and whether it's making your own each way or, or whatever. I think you kind of have to back it up like that uh, here the, because you might, you might just run into the John Rom buzzsaw. Sepp Straka legit might have ceiling week, right? Go out, have ceiling week, 99th percentile performance. He gains 11 strokes on the field and John Rom just whoops everybody. That, that's that's a, not an unlikely outcome. Um, so I'd be backing everything up with a top five. Now, the, th- the good news for Straka, and again, not a big fan of Straka, but there are a couple of things that are, exciting to bet Straka with here are his last uh seven results 10th missed cut missed cut missed cut 10th 15th missed cut I love that right to me this is much better than finishing t37 every single week uh there is no value I guess except in the jock market for finishing t37 every single week that does not cash any bets it's not exciting it's nothing um I like the idea that when a week goes well for him, it is top 15 upside. I like the idea that he has gained strokes on approach in five consecutive events and six of his last seven. And when he gains, he can gain four or five on approach. That's exciting. The other exciting thing, he's a pretty good putter on POA. So th- this is uh, this is a hybrid. Uh, it's it's both Bentgrass and, and Poana, which we're never going to know the percentages of them, but uh, the two best splits for Sepp Straka are uh, straight POA and uh, those hybrid greens, those hybrid bent POA greens. Those are the only two surfaces that he gains on and he gains pretty significantly. So uh, yes, I, (laughs) again, there's not many weeks where Sepp Straka is going to be exciting. I think this might be one of them. Is there a prop on how many times an announcer will call it the Fortnite championship? I've already seen it myself say, I've already seen myself say it at least three times. Uh, the, the number should be 0.5 because once they say it, uh, they will be in their ear because you cannot get the sponsor's name wrong. McNeely or Reavy for a large GPP? Probably, uh, probably a little bit partial to Shea, Reve, Chez, Chez Reavy in that situation. I just think it's a, a little bit better of a course fit for him. If we were on um, just kind of your average standard PGA Tour course, if we were at Detroit Golf Club, I'd probably go with McNeely. Uh, here, I, I think the answer is 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 likely to be to be Reavy. Who are some penny stocks uh, that fit the course on Jock Market that I can get now? So you won't mention them on power hour and raise their price. Well, no, um, no promises that I don't mention them, but, uh, so what I will do is this is new as well. So on the course key stats tool, there's this, this adjusted course fit tool. And, and this is, so this takes all of the metrics. It's a data driven fit that takes all of the metrics, how valuable they are. And it compares it to what players are actually good at. And, and while I only have four rounds, it's funny. We're bringing up cam young again, while I only have four rounds on cam young, uh, he is the best fit 
Uh, now, I that is a small sample size, so keep that in mind. Uh, but he is someone that you could target. He's probably only going to be $1.50. I don't know what his price is going to be this evening. Um, Nick Hardy is going to be very cheap as well. I only have eight rounds on him, but he should be a good fit. Even the 18 that I have on Taylor Pendrith, um, he's a good fit as well. So those would be guys that I imagine are going to be pretty cheap this evening. Brian Stewart probably going to be pretty cheap. Um, Troy Merritt and Hank Lebiota. I'd be interested to see what the Lebiota sentiment is. And we'll find out tonight uh, because that's what I like about the power hour. You have to kind of put guys, um, you got to put your money where your mouth is. Also, if you have not seen this tool yet, you can adjust the course fit based on however many rounds you want, which is very, very handy to be able to do. Highly encourage you to check it out. Thanks for the question, John. Howdy, Rick. Howdy, Ryan. First time chatting, long time viewer. Hmm, thanks. I think Max Homa could be a sneaky pick no one's talking about. So I think Homa falls kind of into the category of hoping they get back to their baseline. That's what I think you're hoping for for Homa because um, the stretch at the end of the last season was was pretty sour. The short game, and remember, I, I interviewed him. Um, when would that have been? Open championship week? Or I can't remember, but he was like, yeah, we got to work on the short game. We got, we got to work on the short game. And it, it didn't get all that much better, at least statistically. So this is a huge concern here that, um, he, he lost around the green and basically what seven of his last nine, he lost a lot of strokes on the surface in, in, in six straight. Um, I think if you are willing to say that three weeks off, uh, is, is, is what he's going to be able to kind of maybe get those a little bit closer back to zero. That's, that's your path for, for Homa. I'm worried probably a little bit more. I, I, my excitement level three and a half out of 10, something like that. So here's the, here's the John Rom question. So John Rom uh, withdrew from today's pro-am for stomach issues. That is correct. Should we be reading into this at all? I'm concerned with the Ryder cup coming up. He may either WD or lose interest. Uh, if things go sour early, um, generally speaking, uh, this is, I, I, I don't read much into this. There are guys every single week, uh, on every single tour trying to get out of the pro-am. That's, that's the fact this, this, this happens a lot with big name players. Sometimes you don't even hear about it. Um, so I would not read too much into this. I would wake up early and make sure he's still in the event just because I'm kind of a sucker for that. But, um, I'm not, I'm not reading too much into this. I will tell you, um, John Rahm is in my, my large single entry lineup. I'll, I'll tell you that. And I'm, and I'm, and when I, and when I wake up tomorrow and I don't see that he has withdrawn from the tournament, he will, he will stay there. Over under on 20 under par being the winner. Uh, so this is what I always get confused is under, is that like 19 under 18 under or is under 21 under or 22 under, I will say, uh, it will be worse than 20 under par just because, uh, I think when Stuart sink won this last year, I think it was 21 under that was the course record or the tournament record. Excuse me. I have not heard, uh, anything like, Oh man, it's, it's, you know, they've gotten four inches of rain in the last two months, like anything like that. Right. So I'm going to say, uh, like worse than that. So 19 under 18 under something like that. What's the deal with Willie Z? I know he's bad on the putting surface, uh, according to the stats, but you know how big that sample size is. Yeah. I think I can pull that. Um, let me see if I can find this one. I'll share my screen if I can. So if we go to Will Zalatoris, 
Let me just see if I can do this real quick, but I should be able to tell you how many rounds that is. Um, all right. So I have, um, let's see, hold on. Zalatoris. Okay. Yeah. So the, in his career, I have, um, 108 measured rounds on Will Zalatoris. That's how many measured rounds he has played in his career. Uh, there are only 12 that are on bent slash POA, which is the hybrid here. It's, it's, it's these four right here. 77th at the rocket mortgage T six at the U S open where he was a zero putter, uh, missed the cut at the other U S open. Well, that was back in 2018 and missed the cut, the Memorial that was also back in 2018. So you can probably get rid of those two. Uh, what you could also do is, um, let's see what his straight POA numbers are and see how many rounds we have there. I have 20 of those, uh, those rounds and half of the events he's gained. Um, he seems to be pretty volatile in terms of putting, but that's the answer to your question. Great show, Rick. Thank you. Give me a top 20 def cert, please. What does that mean? A top 20 def cert. Hmm. I don't know what that means. If you're looking for someone who is a, going to be a top 20, um, I, I like to go pretty long down the list. Like I'd, I'd pick Hudson Swafford. Best putters on this surface. Ooh, now we're asking the good questions. All right, so here we go. So let's get Willie Z out of here. Let's check our filters. Let's do um, the, the hybrid. Uh, I've got all my other stuff in here. All good, all good. Show less. Best putters on this surface. This goes back to uh, 2011. Like, let's say, let's let's put the sample size at 20 rounds, right? Sahith uh, Tagala has 16 rounds on the on this hybrid, uh, but Matt Kuchar has 68. Uh, he would be the best. Bo Hostler, Brant Snedeker, again, man. Listen, are we going to talk ourselves into Sneds here? Is that what's going to happen? Like, he's got he's got the he's got the accuracy off the tee. He's got the wedge play. He's one of the best putters in this field on this hybrid surface, we're just going to, he just pops up on every single list. <coughs> Excuse me. Hey Rick, have you ran a model? Uh, I did on Monday. I haven't recently. So here's what I would probably do. If I was running another model today, let me just, uh, let me clear all this out. And I would probably stick with 50 rounds because again, I think there's a lot of guys I want to give, give credit for, um, in terms of uh, getting back to their baseline. So if I was running one right now, I would probably do it as such. Uh, driving accuracy, I, I think, is pretty important. Let's say 25. Uh, approach, well, I'm, I'm only going to put I'm only going to put 10 on approach because then what I'll do is I do want to weigh the wedge, uh, the wedge buckets. So 75 to 100, 100 to 125, 125 to 150. I've spread out. 30 weights over those. So with those 30 plus the 10 on approach, that's 40 different weights kind of on approach statistics. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I have 25 on accuracy. Um, and then I will do, uh, let's do, how many do I have left? 35. Let's do 15 on putting and the rest on birdie or better, just because birdie or better is such a highly correlated fantasy stat. My best players are, Oh, Webb Simpson, number one. 
Webb Simpson, one. Cameron Tringali, two. Brian Stewart, three. Doug Gim, four. Roger Sloan, five. Kevin Na, six. I love this lineup. Kevin Na, six. Or it's not a lineup. Hank Lebiota, seven. Vaughn Taylor, Emiliano Grillo, Hubbard. Snedeker's 11. I love this. I don't normally do this. One, one time only, I got to see what this lineup looks like. I don't like to share the lineups. It's against the terms of use. Don't play this lineup. If you play it and win the million or whatever, win the 250000 send me a cut. I don't like to do this, but I'm dying to see what this lineup is. Actually, maybe I just won't show it. Would that be dirty if I didn't show the lineup? All right, I'll show it to you. Here it is. Webb Simpson, Cameron Tringali, Doug Gim, Roger Sloan, Brian Stewart, Von Taylor, cost 49900 projected ownership 57%. If that wins you a quarter million, I want my cut. Rom missed cut odds. Uh, last I saw, he was 8-1 to one to miss the cut, which actually is not that bad. It's, it's really not. My guess is that Phil and Rom are very wine drunk. Yeah, that uh, that could be the case. I actually think we we're almost at the end of the questions. Are we not? Are we not fortinetting this week? What is happening? What is happening? Uh, I, I'd hate to end this early, but uh, maybe maybe there's no interest in the fortinet. I don't know. I'm stoked about this. I can't wait. This is how you make. This is the this nine week stretch is like the most profitable nine week stretch of the season because there's so many unknown players and the the football guys are going to chase uh they're going to chase uh losses and stuff like that like very profitable grillo has been ball striking you know like he normally does i agree with that sentiment are these surfaces he puts on well because he's good here i think i can get there or at least he can be putting you lost me on the sentence structure but i generally get the gist of where you're headed here so Amir, emiliano grillo uh the so <coughs> excuse me it's kind of funny he's such a bad putter and you would think he would be better on some type of poa hybrid uh because poa as you will hear buds throughout the day right it grows it buds it is, uh, it's almost like a little, you know, the ball can, the ball doesn't roll as clean, which honestly to me is, is better for poor putters. Uh, but it's quick and easy to kind of lose your confidence on it when things aren't going well. So I, I can kind of see it both ways, but he's generally not been good on straight POA. He has not been, um, as bad on, on the hybrid surfaces and bent is his best surface. So maybe if, uh, he can see the bent in these, which I'm not. I'm not as optimistic about. Otherwise, the rest of his game is pretty sharp. If you're going down the volatility route this week, are you embracing guys like Hadley or Stanley? Um, Stanley, no. I talk about him all the time. He, there's questions about Stanley all the time. Even when Stanley, <coughs> excuse me, hits the upside, he stinks, right? Uh, he, he like Look at him gaining in all the ball striking categories. And he misses the cut, misses the cut, misses the cut, T41, T41, T50. There's just no upside here. There's no upside. Um, Hadwin, what I would be looking for are guys that, um, when they do hit their ceiling, are going to have good results. You could throw Hadwin into that, right? Even though he's going to miss the cut, T6, T10 in two of his last four starts. Because when he does ball strike it well, which he's kind of capable of doing, he gets a good result out of it. He doesn't waste it. Stanley wastes it. 
yes, Harry Higgs has upside. Yes. Um, you know, he finished, he's got two good results here. Let's do a Roger. Roger Sloan was another name that popped up in quite a few of the, um, like as we were going through a lot of those buckets and a lot of different models and stuff, Sloan did pop up quite a bit. So here we go. Second at the Wyndham, sixth at the Barracuda, 16th at the 3M. This is pretty encouraging. And he showed up on all of those like buckets, right? Yeah, look at him from 100 to 125. He's ninth. 50 to 125, he's seventh. This is what this is what I kind of like. He's not a good putter. He loses strokes to the field on average, but he does have weeks where he gains two, three, four strokes putting. Those are those are the ceiling type of approaches that I like to see. Yeah, Roger Sloan looks pretty good. Do you know any LPGA one and done leagues? No. Very interesting. I do not. Michael. Hey, Michael. Uh, maybe good to get some clarification on jock market handling of WD. I think they refund typically refund before start of tournament or WD before players set the tee off. Maybe we can address in power hour. So I'm pretty sure anytime there's ever been a withdrawal before the event starts, they, they certainly give you your money back. Um, I'm, 99.999% sure of that. And I can't, I can't imagine they would treat it any other way in game. Um, I think there's a little bit more like, like I know, I know in the past for, for guys who have withdrawn in the middle, or I think during John, I think John Rom when he withdrew after the third round, I think they refunded that. I think that's good customer service. I don't think that they are obligated to do so. So I'm not sure there's like a rule about it. I, I can try to find out. Your favorite 7K play besides Hudson? Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually shocked it kind of took this long to get to some of these questions here. So uh, sub 7K or in the 7K? So in the 7K, I think that um, the top of it, excuse me, uh, Pat Perez, Roger Sloan are pretty interesting. I think that further down kind of towards the middle, I think Pat and Kazire is somewhat interesting. I think that Kiradat, Afi Barnrad at 7,300. I worry about the travel, but played well at the BMW PGA Championship. Uh, and in the bottom of this, you know, I, and I, I probably said this on the DFS preview. There's a there's a case to be made that Libiota is is significantly mispriced. Uh, if Libiota is the top ten version of himself that we saw in the summer, uh, he is he is uh, he's incredibly mispriced. That's that's all I'll say. I don't know what version we're going to get, but I think that's it. Rick, just for kicks and giggles, uh, will you get into a Yahoo contest this week when I send you an invite just once? Probably not, Jeffrey. Uh, I don't even know if I have money over there. I probably do. Uh, but I just, the desire does not, does not lie there. HV3 at 30%. I was surprised too. So here's what I've got in terms of ownership. Uh, 28% for John Rahm, 31% on HV3, 30%, 29% on Mito Pereira. They are uh, basically the three highest projected owned golfers uh, on my slate. So your pivots, you know, your Rahm pivot uh, is, is Hideki and Webb. I don't think Webb is going to be as popular as, as I have projected right now. Um, I, I think a Hideki pivot is fine. I think that for HV3, which I'm I'm very surprised to see, the Munoz pivot, I love. Uh, and then for Mito, as much as I love Mito, the pivot there, I wouldn't mind Jaeger. If you like Webb, 
you probably should like Jaeger. I'm not saying they're the same, but like, could Jaeger grow to be Webb? He kind of was that way on the Corn Ferry, like doing it different than the modern player. So I, I don't, I don't hate that. Is Brendan Steele worth a shot here based on history? Um, I tried to find a way to get to Brendan Steele. I'm, I'm not sure I can. There's a lot of, there's a lot of red flags here. So, um, look at his results. So after Honda, which was or after, let's call it Zurich, because he finished T4 there. That was the partner event. So since May. It's been horrible. Um, and not only have the results not been there, but but where's the great ball striking? Where's the great driver that we would normally see from Brendan Steele? Uh, he he was already, you know, not very good in the short game. We're just we're not seeing him to his true DNA. And I think that he'll be a little bit more popular than he should be. He'll be a little bit, you know, more expensive than he should be because of the two wins. I I'm worried. I wish I was seeing a bit more, a bit more life out of it. Um, Charlie Hoffman still, still your favorite 8K play. I think that's probably fair. You know, he's 8800. If he was 90, if he was 9800, would you, would you notice? Would you mention it? If he was more expensive than Cameron Tringali, I'd be like, yep, that's right, because he had a great season. He's a great ball striker. Should be a pretty decent fit for him. Actually, in terms of fit, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. So in terms of guys who have a full sample size, Hoffman was second to John Rahm in terms of course fit. Now, it's not super strong this week because you can see, uh, you know, Silverado's, it's a very generic course. There's not a lot of things that stand out to it, although uh, at least at least kind of st- statistically. Um, but But Hoffman would have been second of full sample size guys. So yes, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm certainly there. Um, I'll give this one more second. There's, um, I'm basically out of questions here. Um, I'm sure my wife would not mind, uh, going to lunch a little bit early. <clears throat> I talked about Sloan. I talked about Pendrith, so I'll skip those. Phil at 1% seems to be worth, uh, one play surely just in case he does <laughs> what Phil does. I'm not going to spend your money for you. Um, I'm not going to play Phil. Uh, I just, I just, uh, I just think that the PGA championship is looking like the outlier outside of that. He has not played well in a really long time. I understand that he's in California. It's a good spot for him, but probably doesn't hit enough fairways. Doesn't really make enough putts anymore. Not really the great wedge player that he used to be. So no, any love for Leishman? No. In fact, actually Leishman, um, Leishman's probably the guy I dislike the most, uh, which which probably means he wins this because he's another guy that I have a, a really a, a really hard time getting correct. But um, Leishman, here's his metrics. So he finished third at the Travelers, um, lost strokes off the tee basically consistently after that, lost strokes approach on approach consistently after that. The short game was bad. This is just leak after leak after leak for Leishman. I do not believe I will be able to get there on Mr. Leishman. Any day one leader favorites? Um, Cameron Tringale usually gets off to a hot start, and he's like got the fifth shortest odds in this field. That's probably where I would go. Do I prefer Gim and Whaley or Swafford and Taylor? Oof. Gim and Whaley, but I'm not super thrilled about it. Okay. I think that'll do it. We'll wrap this up early. Um, 
Fortinet Championship. Here's what you can also do. You can join me 8.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight. That's Wednesday night for the Jock Market Power Hour. If you want to talk about any players specifically, happy to always go through that. You can sign up for rickrungood.com. Get access to all of these tools. I enjoy them. I know you will to sign up for the newsletter. It's in the description. I sent out a really great newsletter this morning uh, with a lot of great nuggets and stuff that you probably don't care about or should care about, but I really enjoy it. Other than that, good luck this week. Pet your dogs. Have a great time, and I'll talk to you guys soon.